0: Coming up on the WAC Podcast, breaking news as we're recording is there is going to be a coaching change at Utah Valley. We're also going to talk about the Wolverines' run in the NIT that came to an end at the Orleans Arena. UTA has a new men's basketball coach. Tarleton has a new women's basketball coach. Kendra had a chance to talk with both of them. We'll play both of those interviews On this episode of the WAC Podcast, we had some big wins in baseball, and we have some records being set in softball. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast.
1: Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan.
2: Really covered a lot there. I hope our viewers are pumped for this episode but man yeah breaking news we are coming into the studio for this and pow pow an email comes through mark madsen officially being named the new head men's basketball coach at california we kind of heard rumblings about this and then we knew that he was going to coach his team in the final for the nit and then it might be official after their season comes to an end well their season came to an end, unfortunately, in overtime last night against UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. And, man, what a game that was. Oh, really. what a game.
0: Uh, and what a season it was for Utah Valley. And, unfortunately, yeah, it comes to an end, as all seasons do, except for a, a rare few uh, ends in a loss uh, many That's times. True. But uh, the team that they were able to put together this year, the season, Trey Woodbury had, Aziz Bendago, Justin Harmon, uh, Latre Darthard. I mean, what what a year they had. And we talked a little bit about it last week, Kendra, that if this had been the rep from the WAC, not to take anything away from GCU, but may have been able to make you know a run in the NCAA tournament. As it turns out, they go to the NIT. They win in the pit. They win in, in Boulder against a very good CU team. Then they beat Cincinnati, another very good team. And then UAB, I mean, we got two conference USA teams in the NIT championship. UAB, they take to overtime, and we're right there with them. But uh, unfortunately, the ball just didn't bounce the right way for the Wolverines, and now their season is over. And now Mark Madsen, who had a a great run there, a couple conference titles, he is now on his way to Berkeley, California to coach the Cal Bears.
2: I know. You know, it's it's always tough. I feel like the timing is always so bad with these coaches things. I mean, it's the biz, as I was talking about with uh, Billy Gillespie over at Tarleton. Oh,
0: name drop.
2: Name drop. Uh, just, uh, you know, because he, he's changed uh, schools, coaching gigs multiple times. And it always seems to happen. Same with football. I really hate it with football when it's like your teammates into a bowl game and then the coach is out. And <laughs> I know that? it's just the way it is. But it doesn't mean I have to like it. I know that. And I know Mark Madsen would still be 120,000% invested, obviously, in his team when he was still, you know, maybe going through contract negotiations or potentially accepting.
0: Well, and throw into the mix. I'm sorry to cut you off there. Oh, but yeah. Throw into the I mix. Mean, it would
2: be a rant. So. Uh,
0: Four kids. I mean, his wife.
2: A baby. We, we
0: saw the Cincinnati game ready to any time I, I told she was actually I think Jason Erickson told us she was due last Friday so and I believe fourth child under the age of five was the number he had yeah I mean that's
2: that's pretty. That's a lot of
0: kids that's yeah. a lot of diapers
2: and you know I don't believe he initially traveled to the Orleans with Correct. the team and then if his wife didn't have the baby he would be there so he was in attendance last night On that lovely two-shot ESPN put up, Mark Madsen standing on the sidelines, and then the old Mark Madsen dancing when he won that Laker NBA championship.
0: He's probably tired of that.
2: He's probably.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's conditions. I mean, if somebody asked him, hey, let's dance for a TikTok, maybe he's just had enough.
2: You know, that's probably what it was.
0: Because Kendra did ask him, for those of you wondering what we're talking about,
2: to uh, dance with her on
0: a TikTok back in January on uh, the road to WAC Vegas. And he said, well, if they win the tournament, he would do it. But right. uh, Which is why they, they lost. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's it.
0: So he wouldn't have to do the dance with you. But, no, I, I, Coach Madsen was always uh, very good to us. Anytime we wanted to uh, do an interview, he was, he was very accommodating, always very thoughtful in his answers. Um, just a, kind of a different kind of a guy in terms of uh, coaches and that he doesn't always give you the coach speak necessarily. Uh was a player in the NBA for a long time, played with Shaq and Kobe and won NBA championships, and then he coached LeBron as an assistant. And so the surprising thing to me, if we can be a little have a little candor here. Oh yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, Cal traditionally struggles in the Pac-12. And uh, maybe he looks at it as as he's gonna be the guy who can get them back up there to when they had, you know, Jason Kidd, uh, somebody like that. But it's uh, it's a challenging place. I think a lot of people thought he would go to Stanford when that, in, in, when, and if that job ever opened up, of course, being an alum there, Stanford and Cal, not very far away from each other, bitter rivals. So being a Stanford guy going to the arch rival yeah. to try to, you know, bring that program up, maybe a little surprising. And and you just wonder if, if some of the you know, other jobs opened up that he's got a big name, he's got a good resume, he's won some conference championships, was on the threshold of going to the NCAAs perhaps, you know, they lost in the semis, but had that type of a team, made to run the NIT, that, that maybe, you know, maybe even more high-profile job could have opened up for him.
2: That is true. And, you know, well, maybe, I mean, is it, would it be wild of him to go from Cal to Stanford when that job opened up? Yes. Rivals to rivals? That
0: would be wild. Yes. I wonder
2: what his end goal
0: is. Well, who knows? I mean, he's, he's coached in the NBA, um, but he seems to have a real knack for college and yeah. developing big guys in particular. We saw Fardaz AMAC and Aziz what he did, Tim, Tim Fuller, as he's Bandego, you know, perhaps has the most um, NBA buzz of any, any player in the WAC this year. Not saying he's going to necessarily go right to the NBA, but... You know, he's got that kind of ability.
2: He does. The seven footer man, he is a blocking machine.
0: So, congratulations to Utah Valley. Uh, good luck to Mark Madsen. And it'll be interesting to see who Jared Sumption now hires to be the head coach at Utah Valley because Mark Pope, the previous coach, had a similar resume to Mark Madsen, was winning a lot of games, goes to BYU. Of course, right there, you know, Orem Provo, uh, adjoining towns.
2: And- rivals to rivals.
0: I wouldn't say the Cal to Stanford, but, um, yeah, uh, it it was in state and now BYU is going to be in a power five conference. Um, so saying that I, I, I think he's left the program in a good spot. I think they will get quality candidates applying for the job and, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see who comes in and, and obviously not only keep Utah Valley where it's been the last, you know, five, 10 years, but to elevate it even more, but they've, They've certainly had some uh, great—I wouldn't say luck, but uh, great success—in choosing head men's basketball coaches.
2: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't hurt that Utah Valley's been plastered all over. The news with ESPN of, you know, even when I was watching the game they had, you know, it's the biggest school in Utah. They had the enrollment. You learned about Utah Valley. You got the Greenman group up there. It's a really gem of a place, and people maybe didn't know about it. I mean, obviously coaches.
0: And the school president.
2: Yeah. Dominez. Dr. Dominez. so Can't forget about her.
0: So basketball season, uh, unfortunately, Over. has come to an end, but uh, – Already, there's a lot going on in the offseason, and we had a chance to go over to UTA, University of Texas Arlington, and meet their new head coach.
2: Yes, K.T. Turner is the 10th head coach in UT Arlington men's basketball history. He's a guy that came from... Kentucky Kentucky, and uh, he really he has a lot of recruiting ties in the state of Texas that was a big thing that they talked about and also all over the country he, he made a funny reference when he was you know recruiting for Juco that he had this van and he would just take it all around the country pick up his wife in it so uh, he seems you know he, he wants the guys to buy in defense and rebounding it will, couldn't have been talked about more during that presser so interested in him to uh, see where he takes this program
0: very interesting we'll have your entire interview with KT Turner coming up in our next segment it was interesting being there and seeing the entire team also yeah. in attendance as you know the transfer portals become such a big thing not to say you know players can make their decisions but to see them unified as a group at the press conference kind of tells you something in terms of KT Turner's are you know already getting some buy-in from the existing players
2: he does. He seems like a, uh, a player's coach. He he wants to go hang out with them in their dorms and, you know, well, doesn't want to play video games or <laughs> anything. He just wants to chill on their couch and, and get to know them. So, seems like a fun guy and I'm very excited to see, you know, what he's able to do in the next year with this conference. You know, obviously the end goal is win those championships. How quickly can he get, you know, some quality wins out there?
0: And John Fagg came in as the athletic director this year and Obviously, you know, putting a stamp on it here where, where he hires, you know, KT Turner. But I think the expectations are that UTA, and, and Coach Turner talked about this in his press conference, they want to win the WAC championship next year. Yeah. He, they, they don't want to do this in five years. And they know that the facilities they have, the area that they have, the amount of talent in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, there's an opportunity here to get good very quickly.
2: It is. I mean, and he pointed out they were so close in a lot of games. I mean, even in the WAC tournament, they were neck and neck with Grand Canyon, who ultimately won the whole thing. And so their teeth are right there. They just need, you know, just a little extra push. And maybe KT Turner can be that push.
0: Could be that push. And then the very next day, another big announcement is Tarleton introduced their new women's Basketball coach, and Kendra, being the world traveler that she is, headed to Stephenville and got to meet uh, the new head coach of the Texans.
2: Yes, Bill Brock, the seventh head coach in Tarleton women's basketball history, and man, this guy's resume is wild. I mean, he was the associate head coach at Baylor, the three-time national champion, Worked under Kim Mulkey, who's now at LSU, taking her team to the Final Four. Um, so he just has a lot of, you know, he was he was at Baylor for 18 years. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, not that they were shocked of like, oh, wow, he's getting his, he had a lot of offers is what was kind of talked about it, to go other places. He picks Charleston. Tarleton. He likes the proximity to his family. He loves the area. He's got good recruiting ties in Texas. And he said, you know, one of the biggest things is there's so much potential at Tarleton. The way that the they have invested in their athletics and their facilities recently um, was something that was really appealing. He thinks he can take the program back to, you know, where they want it to be. And so he seems like a, a pretty... Pretty solid hire. He was a pretty funny guy. The team, the women's basketball team, was all there for the most part. Uh, Billy Gillespie, uh, the men's coach, was in the crowd. There's kind of some funny jokes. Bill Brock was like, "Hey, my grandson, you know, he's six six. <laughs> he what I don't know if it was six but six foot. He's a left hand, you know. <laughs> so he seems like you know, he's just a charismatic guy that that just gets the game of basketball."
0: So very nice. exciting for the Texans moving forward. They were the one team, of course, that didn't get to go to Wag Vegas uh, this past year. Um, also, you got a chance to experience Stevenville. Not only did you see Billy Gillespie, you saw uh, Dr. Hurley, the president. Uh, you got to see all kinds of people uh, involved in the Tarleton Athletic Department, but. You also got to go to the hard eight.
2: Oh, we're back to the infamous hard eight, man. I went right around lunchtime. It was there was a line. Liz, you don't know, you go outside. It's a line. They got they got, they got the on the griller. Yeah. So many options. The smokers
0: are all going outside.
2: Oh yeah, I mean it smells really good. Got a little. Got some jalapeno popper, bacon wrapped.
0: Oh, so good.
2: And you get or a shrimp popper, I guess it's a jalapeno.
0: Yeah.
2: A little pork ribs, a little brisket, potato salad, and that was fueled up for that <laughs> drive back.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations to uh, Coach Brock, Coach Turner. We look forward to seeing what they do and working with them uh, in the Near future, now staying with basketball, uh, the Final Four coming up this weekend, Houston for the men, and Dallas, Texas for the women.
2: What? Dallas, Texas? Say what?
0: American Airlines Center will be host to the women's Final Four. We're going to be heading down there Thursday to check out the Fan Fest, Fan Festivities, I guess.
2: Yeah. All kinds of stuff going on
0: downtown. There's going to be concerts, there's going to be... Well, uh, there's a Title Nine exhibit that we're going to go visit. There's, you know, I'm sure Papa Shot type stuff now. What's funny is um, I've been to one other women's Final Four, and that was when Baylor, so Coach Brock probably was an assistant on that team back in 2012. Oh. Final Four was in Denver. And Brittany Greiner was the top player for Baylor that year. I believe oh. it was her senior year. Uh, and I believe they went undefeated that year. They were like 39-0. It was incredible Run they had Kim Mulkey was the head coach. Uh,
2: okay.
0: And yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a very fun time. Jewel, who you've never heard of, uh, was performing at uh, one of the concerts there. Yeah.
2: Well, was the outside fan fest like there? That
0: was actually inside because it was in Denver. Ah. So they you never know could be snowing.
2: Grilled.
0: And it was in that uh, building downtown. You know that big blue bear. You know that uh, like the convention center. It's like a big statue of a bear that's kind of looking in a window, downtown Denver. We do not. We're getting a blank I'm not stare. sure
2: about this. So I didn't live in Denver. You did?
0: <laughs> you did? You spent a lot of time in downtown Denver?
2: Oh, only, only 10 months.
0: But I'm sure you went to downtown Denver many times. I'm pulling up the picture so you have a reference here.
2: I have never seen the, that's the coolest thing ever.
0: Yeah, so it's and it's. Oh like,
2: my god! I would have gotten a picture with it's it. It's a,
0: a huge statue of a bear that's like looking into these windows at the convention center. So oh,
2: that's sick.
0: Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah. So that's where they had the fan fest, and well, that's where I, I was guess there. I
2: gotta
0: go back and visit. <laughs> so uh, final four. So the, and then on the men's side, Florida Atlantic. How about how about four teams? Nobody saw coming being in the men's Final Four this year.
2: I know. How about how, how many of them are mid-major programs?
0: I mean, Conference USA, hats off to them. I mean, we were number 11 in uh, the conference ratings men's-wise. Conference USA was number 10. They get, a oh. t- they get a team in the Final Four, and they get both teams in the NIT championship. So, wow. And there could be some more news regarding Conference USA and the WAC in the near future. How's nice. that?
2: That's that's a teaser for people who are tuning in, man.
0: <laughs> but um, what else we got going? Now? Oh, you wanted to give a shout out to Jersey Mikes.
2: I saw. Oh that right yes, back. shout out to Jersey Mikes on this wonderful day of giving that they had for our wonderful lunch. Actually, I believe it's with Van Wagner. Shout out to Van Wagner partnering with Jersey Mikes. Just incredible.
0: So incredible.
2: So incredible. So incredible. Plug. Jersey Mike's <laughs> okay. hashtag a
0: sub above <laughs> uh, moving on to whack baseball. Okay. So the, the big series last week, Sam Houston, GCU, we had talked a little bit about it on the podcast. It was at GCU. The the Lopes had just cracked the top 25 in the national rankings, hosting Sam Houston, who was undefeated in the whack heading in the Bearcats go two and one. And and that all important third game, they went four to two and all of a sudden, I um, mean, Bearcats are in first place in the whack.
2: They are. I mean that's that's a really impressive win, especially doing it at GCU, going on the road and doing that in that environment. Uh you know their facility there at Grand Canyon. I had a chance to go their opening day. Oh, that's
0: right, against Tennessee.
2: Yes, yeah, so that they can really pack the uh, the stadium there. And the cool part is if there's so many people there, they should have seats, there is a parking garage that's actually like right kind of it, you can view the baseball field from it, yeah. and students will pack the roof and then that third floor oh, or nice. whatever it is, and watch from there. I guess that's a way to get a free ticket. But it was pretty cool to see, you know, all that support. So,
0: well, the uh, Abilene Christian is also having a fantastic season. They're currently in second place now in the WAC. They beat Baylor at Baylor that's last insane. night, five to two, in eleven innings. We also eleven had
2: eleven innings.
0: Sam Houston knocked off Houston nine to three, so the Bearcats winning another big game. Utah Valley in a walk-off beat cross-town rival BYU. We talked just talked about how uh, the uh, rivalry between those two schools. They went nine to eight, and uh, Grand Canyon did fall just short at Arizona, ten to nine in ten innings. But again, the WAC showing up big against big-time opponents.
2: I know that seems to be that should be the WAC's motto. They show up big against big-time
0: opponents. I mean, we got it right there. Just clip it.
2: You said it. Boom. Pow,
0: pow. Mark the in, mark the out. Boom. It's done.
2: Post, ed-end.
0: Send. Uh, yeah. Softball.
2: Softball.
0: What do you got? Um,
2: I'm pulling up the schedule, actually, right as we speak. Well,
0: as you're pulling up the schedule, let's talk a little bit about Kristen Fife. Oh, yeah. Who set the... Take the words
2: out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> t- tied the GCU record for home runs in a career with 35. She is on a tear this year in case you haven't heard she has 12 home runs oh, wow. this season she also which leads the whack she also leads the whack and runs batted in she uh, her slugging percentage get this 869 leads the whack runs batted in 52 leads the whack home runs 12 leads the whack total bases 86 leads the whack so Kristen Fifield having a tremendous season for GCU but i mean it's early in the season they are not on top of the standings
2: no, they are not. It's actually Utah Tech.
0: How about that?
2: How about that? They're five and one right now in the WAC. Overall, they are twenty and eleven. They actually just played BYU. They did fall, but it was close, one fourteen to eleven. Um, and and man, they're they're a team, and you love to see it. You know those transitioning schools. They had a lot of success earlier in the year in their fall sports, and. It's good to see him transition. You're gonna be okay there. I mean, I was trying to take a look at. Did the
0: Celsius suddenly wear off in mid sentence? No. Here's the thing,
2: Celsius. They all are made differently because every
0: can is different.
2: Well, I get these packs, and some they have like these non-carbonated ones in there, so it just tastes like juice. I don't keep them in the fridge, so it's warm juice. Oh, jeez. And I don't get that pow pow kick from it. I think it's obviously at the same amount, or does it? I was trying to look on the can. Yeah, but I don't feel the energy from it.
0: So you have a flat one today. I have a flat. Saying.
2: I was disappointed. I'm disappointed because I never realized, and then I crack it open.
0: There and, goes the lights.
2: And I sip it. Hello. <laughs> and yeah, so it was. Where it's pitch dark in our studio, if you were wondering. What Except for the, the
0: light computer. generated by the computers. So back to uh, Utah Tech. <laughs> <laughs> their softball team. They play UTA in Arlington this week. How about that? How about that? So they play the Lady Mavs Friday uh, doubleheader starting at 5 central time. Then they go Saturday. Uh, they play the single game. Then they play at home against Seattle U. Then they're at GCU. Then they are at home against CBU. So, I mean, there are some. There's there there's, so that
2: Utah Tech GCU matchup. There's
0: no week off in Wax softball. Utah Tech uh, currently at five and one, but Grand Canyon four-and-two, only a game behind SFA also four and two, Sam Houston also four and two, Seattle U, who's been traditionally one of the best teams in the conference, three and three, California Baptist three and three. Tarleton three and three. And actually, Tarleton, as we record this, they're playing a doubleheader against Grambling. They run-ruled uh the Tigers in the first game and are now in game number two. So they are playing pretty well. Uh, Abilene Christian, also three and three. So UTA, which um, I know had high hopes this year, they're two and four to start the year. But you know they're a team that can be dangerous as well. New Mexico State has been a WAC champion multiple times. So a lot of things to look forward to in WAC softball. You
2: say, oh, it's a little early in the, sea. you know. I've got six games under it's, our
0: belt. This is our last show in March, so we're going to be in April.
2: I know. And then next thing you know, it's May and then that's
0: softball championship. I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, well, coming up next, uh, we're going to have your interviews with KT Turner and Bill Brock. We're going to talk a little bit in between, but uh, right now we're going to take a quick break and then you will come back with Kendra and KT Turner. Don't go
2: anywhere.
0: We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast.
2: Welcome to College Park Center. I'm Kendra Sheehan. Joined now by UTA Men's Basketball newest head coach, K.T. Turner. You're the 10th men's basketball coach in this program history. What drew you to this job, and how excited are you to be here?
3: Uh, for one, I played here, so I, I knew a lot about this program, but um, for years, and then just the growth of, of the program, um, like like the facilities and the campus, and the area with all the players around here, um, you can get you can get bounce back guys here, and and out of state. I was the out of state kid that came here and never been here before, and absolutely loved it. So I got a I got a little secret ingredients for that.
2: A native of Ohio, and yes, I love this part that you have played here. Is it feel like a full circle moment to have played here and then come back and? taking on this head coaching role?
3: Oh, absolutely. I, you could have never told me I'd be the head coach at UTA, um, especially when I played here. So um, it's kind of surreal, but um, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm extremely excited.
2: One of the things I love is the facilities here. You mentioned that you played on a completely different area. You played on a stage. But here, some of the facilities are, are top-notch. It's a gem in the whack. What do you see initially when you look at how much UTA has grown and, and the type of facilities that this place has to offer?
3: It's, it's grown a lot. and I've, I've seen a lot of mid-major facilities, and this is at the top by far. Um, so we, we have to sell that, and then we have to sell our coaching staff, and we're going to develop guys and, and get people better, get players better.
2: One of the biggest uh, pulls for you is, is your recruiting ties. You have intense recruiting ties in Texas and, of course, all over the country. How do you plan to utilize some of those to bring some of the best players here to Arlington?
3: I'm going to drive myself crazy. <laughs> I'm going to be on the phone left and right, um, making sure my staff is on the phone and, and getting out and seeing guys. And, and we just got to work. We got we to gotta put our heads down and really work and get to work.
2: Initial thoughts on meeting some of the guys. I know the transfer portal is such a big thing, especially when a new coach comes in. But building that relationship, what are your early thoughts on the team that you have right now?
3: Um, I really like the team, especially the core, the core group coming back. Um, these guys were so close last year. A lot of close games, a lot of close losses. So um, we're right there. We just need, we just need a little push and, and make some shots at the end of games, and we'll be fine.
2: Lastly, you have big goals for this program. You talked in the press conference about rebounding defense. What are your goals? Where do you hope to take this program in the next couple of years?
3: Um, my goal is to win as soon as possible, doing it the right way, um, whatever that may be. But, but I, I would, my, my, my big mindset is let's go win it next year. You know, that's, that's the mindset we're going to have.
2: Well, we appreciate it. Welcome to the WAC. We're super excited to have you. This is KT Turner, UTA's newest head men's basketball coach.
0: So Kendra getting the deets, as they say, with KT Turner, the new head coach of UT Arlington, as we mentioned in the previous segment. They have very high hopes and hope to compete right away uh, in men's basketball, in the WAC. Women's basketball, kind of a similar story over Tarleton.
2: Yeah, they got Bill Brock coming in, longtime associate head coach of Baylor. And what's really funny is when I was there is they had a, a graphic up on uh, the TVs had said, welcome, Bill Brock, Texan Nation. And they, he was in a purple shirt. And Bill Brock himself steps up to the podium, and he's like, man, Photoshop is amazing because up until this moment, and he, of course he's wearing a <laughs> purple shirt, he goes, I was not in a purple shirt, you know. They Photoshopped his probably green, likely for Baylor, into purple. And so, yeah, it seems like he's got a little bit of purple now. He has a nice little purple tie, nice purple Purple undershirt for nice, you know, under
0: the suit. So, buying in. So, here's Kendra's interview with (laughs) Bill Brock.
2: Kendra Sheehan here with our newest Tarleton women's basketball head coach, Bill Brock. I want to welcome you to the conference and also, you know, give me your initial thoughts on Tarleton. Welcome to Stephenville.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here at Tarleton. Uh, Just the excitement that's surrounding the athletic department right now, that's surrounding the university under the leadership of Dr. Hurley, and the athletic department under Lon Reisman. It's just a great time to be a Texan.
2: One of the things that you spoke about so extensively was family, and we want to welcome you to our WAC family. What are some of the initial thoughts that you have taken with the team that's already in place as well as the team that you hope to build here in Stephenville?
1: Well, right now I'm just in the process of visiting with all the returners from last year's squad. We're going to have one-on-one meetings, and uh, we'll find out what's in their minds about what they would like to do. I would uh, sort of uh, have a chance to maybe watch them work out some during the off season, those kind of things. So uh, that's really preliminary right now. I can't tell you much more than that. I just had my final uh, meeting last night with my team, uh, McLennan College in Waco. And uh, that was bittersweet, but uh, one thing that I was very proud of is that we did have such a great season, and with me leaving there, they are going to promote my assistant coach to the head job, and I'm so happy for her.
2: You have such an extensive and impressive resume of your coaching career. You've gotten to coach under some of the greats, including Kim Mulkey. What are some of the things that you have taken away that you'll utilize in your career as a head coach here at Tarleton?
1: Well, I, you know, just having the opportunity to coach with, with Coach Mulkey, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in women's basketball. She'll go down in the in the top three to five of that uh, situation there, being the top ones that'll be recognized in the country in the history of women's basketball. But just to be around her on a daily basis, uh, she, just, she taught me the business aspect of, of women's basketball, uh, about uh, what a grind that it is, you know, how you have to come to work every day, you have to put your best foot forward, and just to have high expectations for your team. And uh, our philosophies in basketball always were hand in hand uh, before I got there. We, that's why we were so good together. We believed in the same things uh, about how, to, what to offensively, defensively. But the things that she just showed me, you know, about how you run the team as a, as a business, uh, how you treat kids, you know, from – players one through player 15. You always be fair with them. And uh, she's just a great uh, a great role model for for women's basketball. And she's just done an outstanding job at Baylor. And then now she's got it going already at LSU and uh, pulling for them in the Final Four.
2: You talk about how important having great players are. It's all about the players. How will you hope to utilize some of those ties, recruiting ties that you've made throughout your coaching career in Texas, as well as Throughout the nation internationally to bring some of those top players here to Stephenville?
1: Well, that's what we're trying to do right now. And I'm, as soon as I can get my staff organized, uh, we're going to try to, you know, to kick rocks, look under wherever we, we can, you know, to find prospects because I'm not a real patient person (laughs) I would like to make uh, some noise as quick as we could in the conference Uh, I know that's going to be hard it's hard to move up but I really do think if we can get uh, you know get four or five really good players in here that could help us next year I think we'll we have a chance to see some improvement
2: the WAC is a conference that continues to grow, moving up in the rankings in terms of nationally. How have you gotten to chance to to know the conference and have you reached out to any of the coaches in the league to learn a little bit more about what the WAC is all about?
1: I have not talked to any <laughs> coaches in the WAC except one. Okay. I talked with Mark Kellogg a little bit down to Stephen F. Austin and uh, he and I have known each other for quite a while, but it's a very competitive league, some great coaches in this league. And it's going to be quite a challenge to to make a move up the standings. But uh, we're going to try to do the best we can. And we're going to try to get some uh, some good players in here. And we're going to try to see if we can make a little noise.
2: Lastly, you know, you want to win a championship. You want to win the conference tournament title. What is it going to take initially? And what are your early goals as you look to take over this program during the summer and working into the offseason?
1: Well, my first goal is to try to uh, to revamp the roster a little bit, uh, see who's going to stay, see who's not going to stay, bring in some transfers, uh, some junior college pro, uh, players. But, uh, you know, that's all going to be a process, and it's going to take a little time. But uh, first thing I've got to do is uh, get my staff organized, and as soon as we do that, we will start recruiting um, at 24 hours a day, you know, probably six days a week. And uh, we're just going to try to get some players in here that fit our philosophy and believe the same way that we do but more than that, just players that want to come to work every day. And I want them to be able to, I want them to work in the classroom. I want them to come to work, come to work here in the gymnasium and in the weight room and in the off season. So just try to find players that, you know, that believe in what you believe. And uh, we, we can find four or five of those. I think we can make some improvement.
2: Well, thank you so much. We want to thank welcome you. you to the thank WAC. You. This is Bill Brock, Carleton Women's Basketball's newest head coach, the seventh head coach in program history.
0: And as we mentioned earlier, one of the highlights of your trip to Tarleton was was getting to see everybody there and getting some good food, which is always the case in Stephenville. And it's it's really not that far from DF Dub once you get on the road there.
2: No, no, it was it was a short you know, hour and a half from the Arlington office. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there wasn't too much traffic. Uh, big accident today on the way to work, and Whoa. so I was thinking about it. I was like, if that accident was yesterday, now I left a good a good amount of time, so I was still I got to the presser. You know, thirty minutes, but could have been cutting it close. It was it was a big accident.
0: Did, did you hear what the accident was?
2: You know, I was talking to our good friend, Demetrius, yes. who was also sitting. I tried to go around part of it, so my GPS kind of took me Took me like 15 minutes to get the Mott to one mile to get off the exit. But when I got off and around, actually, I, I get off, I go around to a smaller road, accident there. Now, that doesn't really block off the road or anything, but there were car parts all of the road, so everybody's swerving around the car parts. And then I got back on the highway. And it must have been around it. But there was ambulances, uh, fire trucks, police officers, and, and Demetrius. So I don't really know. I didn't see it since well, it was a burning truck.
0: Okay, here's here's what I got from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Oh, yes. A trailer carrying 21 tons of frozen chicken Oh, caught on fire on I-30. So that was the cause for the big backup. Uh, 42,000 <laughs> 42, pounds of frozen chicken. Was being transported from Arkansas to Long Beach, California.
2: Oh my goodness!
0: So oh. unfortunately, I mean, hopefully nobody got injured, but uh, also unfortunate. That's a lot of chicken. Uh, hopefully and they did. can recover. So I'm not sure exactly if they can, they can recover it after, or maybe it's already cooked. Right? It was on fire, perhaps. So, yeah, then you know. just
2: deliver it to them. Does it say how it caught on fire?
0: Um. Well, you know, I don't. I'm not sure.
2: That's-
0: it was an accident. So.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: there you go. So, very unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, that's why you're late into the office, perhaps.
2: I know. I was trying to take pictures Says we were stopped because I'm like, he's not going to believe me that there's an accident. And you can't. The pictures are just lame. It's like
3: (laughs) proof.
0: (laughs) So, anyway, I'm glad you uh, made it to Tarleton without a scratch and back. uh, And then you made it into the office. Also, before we go, I wanted to give a shout-out to Bobby Dibler, Was our longtime men's basketball officials coordinator, uh, stepping aside, he's retiring. He's actually in charge of what they call the Basketball Officiating Consortium, which is a number of conferences, not only the WAC, he also oversaw the Big Sky, the Big West, the Mountain West, Pac-12, and West Coast conferences. And what that means, Kendra, is that he would assign the officials for all these leagues. So sometimes, you know, at our tournament, maybe you'd see an official who primarily works Pack twelve games, or you know, vice versa, give uh, officials opportunities to kind of move up and and work under the same umbrella. Um, so it's a a big time job. Uh, Bobby did it for a long time, and uh, he he was well respected and I know well thought of in WAC circles. And I, I know he actually used to officiate in the WAC as well. Uh, back when he was doing that, he was named the twenty nineteen college official of the year. Um, and we wish him well in his retirement.
2: Yes, we do wish him the best. I know he was at our, our WAC basketball tournament. I didn't really have a whole lot of time to interact with him, but I've heard nothing but positive things about him, and, and he really he really did a, a great job coordinating officials and just the way that he went about, you know, everyone really respected him.
0: Well, that's going to do it for the WAC podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next time.
2: See you next time, down Merrill.
1: Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.